Welcome to the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. Your weekend wake-up tradition for the last 30 years. It's Rosie on the House. Let's fire it up. Good morning, Arizona. Gonna be a little warm this weekend. But our days are about an hour and 15 minutes shorter than the summer solstice. So we're going in the right direction. I hope y'all had a great week. Me and Miss Jennifer had a great week. We sure did. Had a great last weekend as well. That was. Ran down to Tucson and uh, watched the uh, Voices of Vail premiere showing at the Fox Theater. That was a great little event. It was a wonderful event. Kudos to J.J. Lamb and all the people of the Arizona Historical Society who put together that story. And I tell you what, that hike we did in Sabino Canyon, Sabino Canyon is good enough to move to Tucson. I I would move to Tucson just for Sabino Canyon Park. We're going to start looping in a a hike every time we go because that was beautiful. That was absolutely fantastic, absolutely gorgeous. So So people that didn't get by the Fox Theater, we have the opportunity to see this story. This video that they premiered, where is that going to be available for the rest of us? Well, I personally have five copies of the DVD (laughs) that I'll be giving out towards the end of the hour. But in the meantime, I will check on that, Romy. I'm I'm sure it's available. Maybe uh, I'll find the link. Okay. Vale is a small, what was always a small little hamlet, actually just a rail stop southeast of Tucson, uh, now home to about 7,000 or 8,000 people. But J.J. Lamb, uh, as director of the uh, Vail Historic Preservation Society, uh, put this video together of actually interviewing the pioneers and settlers and put the whole story together for the little town of Vail. It's really a little history lesson on a little corner of Arizona. Very multicultural. They had the Tohono O'odham included in the story, as well as the Chinese who came to work on the railroads and the ranchers and immigrants. It was pretty fascinating. Uh, Two hours. I don't think we, we didn't even have an intermission, did I? I don't think no, we moved uh, one. No. It was very riveting. It was great. So we hope you all had a great week. We've got some special guests in this, this hour, uh, uh, return guests that are always highlights of the show. Of course, our love of Arizona uh, means we're like you know, uh, uh, charter subscribers to Arizona Highways magazines. I mean, when we moved here in 65, my mama started the subscription for the house. I don't think I've ever lived in Arizona since 65 without an Arizona Highways showing up in the mailbox every single month. And we've got retired publisher, <laughs> Mr. Wynn Holden, in here this morning. Good morning. So how many, how many uh, retirement notches do you have in your... In your calendar, when did you actually pull the switch and walk out the door and turn the keys over? My last day in the office was June 30th, so it's been since then. All right, so you're still kind of a novice retiree. Feels more like vacation, Rosie. (laughs) Yeah, I am a novice retiree. Well, I'm anxious to visit with you about some of your highlights over, what, the 20 years you were? 18. uh, 18 18 years. 18 years. Okay. And, And your able replacement. Absolutely. Kelly Miro is here in the studio this morning. Kelly, thanks a million for 
dragging in here this morning. Good morning, and thank you. So, And you've been at the magazine for? 14 years. 14 years. Okay. Well, when I, I, I've always said you never really had a job anyway. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you're at your office and you have photographers and writers coming and telling you and trying to convince you and persuade you of which picture and which story to include about this great state of Arizona, and that's the entire existence of your entrepreneurial world, that's not a job. Well, we, we to be totally honest, we, we have a tremendous uh, opportunity. Uh, the magazine started in April of 1925. It's been in continuous distribution since then. And while certainly the landscape has changed in the whole media universe, but none more dramatically than in the print area, magazines, when you consider what magazines that were around even 20 years ago are, are gone. Right. So we've had to adapt the business model. And one of the ways we've done adapting that it was Kelly's responsibilities when we first brought him into the magazine 14 years ago was we need to put far more emphasis on marketing and sales. And that's what he did to a T, and that literally helped the magazine. What was the original business model for the magazine? Uh, originally, the, the magazines – this is where people don't really understand. The, the magazine's always been owned by the state. And it's always been under the, the management of the Department of Transportation. Now, the Department of Transportation's had various names since 1925, but that's that's it. So originally, if you look at the first couple of issues, uh, they, they were literally designed to attract engineers to Arizona. Remember, this was just a few years past statehood, and so the infrastructure in the state was very limited. So the magazine was designed to appeal to engineers to get them to come out to Arizona and help build the infrastructure and contribute to this exciting new state. In about 1938, 13 years into the the run, uh, a guy named Raymond Carlson was hired to be the editor. Prior to that, the people were largely engineers, didn't know anything about journalism, really didn't know anything about layout and design. And obviously, the technology is very different now than it was in 25. But Carlson had a vision. He said, look, instead of talking about building roads, let's talk about building visitation. I mean, we have this incredible array of natural beauty assets in Arizona. Let's entice people to come here. Use the magazine as a way to to encourage people to come because they'll see things in the magazine that they can't possibly see where they live. And it worked. The magazine took off. Carlson was the editor for, goodness gracious, 40 years, give or take. Uh, he really put the magazine on the map. Showing off everything Arizona has to show off. Which we've done every day since 1938. Just it never at, gets old. No. no, it never does. I, I, I'm, I'm tickled now because the one feature in your magazine 50 years ago today, to cover 50 years ago, yep. those are all covers I remember now. <laughs> Those are all ones I, I, I've seen. So, Kelly, what, where where do you take the magazine from here? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, really, sustainability is in key to the uh, longevity of the or- organization for the magazine. Um, trying to make sure that we are looking at not only continue to grow the subscription base, but also what we have to do in the digital realm because we are inundated with content from every device you can think of these days so how do you grab that attention and how do you keep that focus that's really tough absolutely it's very tough but what we do is so great that how do you not want to take a moment to kind of break away from the normal 
chaos of the content and look at some beautiful pictures and read some good stories and kind of get away from that escape. Well, and then y'all's recent, what last year, your recent uh, kind of experiment of going with artwork on the cover was a was kind of a, a deported a, a departure from your standard photography. Absolutely, it was. I would give uh, Robert Steve, our editor, uh, credit for that because he worked with. There's uh, another guy that doesn't really yeah. have a job. Yeah. <laughs> he really doesn't. Have he a job. really he really doesn't have a job. I mean, if you can take your official corporate picture in shorts, hiking boots, sitting on a rock, then you don't have a job. Well, and when you look like him, you can get away with it. Take that picture of me and people are going to cancel their subscriptions. All right, so you were you were talking no, about so, that art. Yeah, so uh, Robert worked with Chris Gall, um, the artist, and came up with this concept of, you know, hey, showcasing iconic places in Arizona with his great illustration. And so that was really uh, something special. And so now we've been able to take that and also carry it over to other products, posters, um, note cards, uh, thinking about doing a calendar possibly next year with the artwork. So mm-hmm. it's it's been really unique um, for us. Well, that's a big business model change that y'all have had over the last 20 30 years the gift store and the all the all the additional publishing y'all are doing how many books are in y'all's library now oh the backlist i think has something like 40 titles uh and we're doing on average one or two a year we used to do far more than that and most of the emphasis was on and i'm sorry i shouldn't be this is kelly's business uh was on coffee table books but literally after 9-11, the hardcover coffee table travel book business stopped. I mean, just, people did really? not. Yeah, they didn't want to think about having to get on an airplane to go to some exotic place. So they just didn't even want to think about it. And that forced us to look hard at our business model. And so we placed a lot more emphasis on guidebooks, on smaller format books, and, and it's worked. I mean, we really have had f- far more success than we ever could have predicted. Well, and then initially, like when we were getting the magazine back in the 60s, you, you were talking about how mar- sales and marketing had to become a bigger and bigger part of the magazine. It was almost, it, it was pretty st- sterile back in the 60s in that it was just the photos and the content. Oh, yeah, it was a much different publication then. But remember, I mean, I grew up in the 60s, and it was a pretty idyllic time. I mean, I, I grew up in a small town <laughs> in the Midwest, and while, yes, we had some issues with the Cold War and that, that kind of stuff, the, the level of information bombardment and fine-tuning every little niche. Uh, so if you're talking about Bisbee, there are literally millions of pages, if you go online, about Bisbee. Now, how do you sift through all that? That's one of the things we try to do. That would be tough. Very. Beautiful little Bisbee. I think that's on our next little travel, Arizona travel bucket list. Go uh, take the horses down into the, the southeast corner of the state. It's always one of our favorite little areas around the Canela Hills and Sonoida and all that. But we're going we're gonna to push a little bit farther east, I think, on our next trip there. Well, Wynn, I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the highlights of your career at, at Arizona Highways. There's one story in particular I'm just dying to get the true backstory on. As a publication owned by the state, you're really a government employee. Oh, that's absolutely right. And and where people get confused, and we acknowledge that openly, we, we belong to ADOT. There's no yeah. question. Um, the magazine doesn't get any money from the state. I mean, since the early 70s, the magazine has had to be freestanding. So 
literally we have to run it like a business uh, as opposed to a government entity where you're getting appropriated dollars. And candidly, that's really good for us. It forces us to stay on our toes, and it means that we don't have to go down to the legislature every year to beg for money. And then we have the Great Recession, <laughs> and you get that phone call. When? I see some money in your account. <laughs> we need it. I want that story when we get back, all right? Right here with Wynn Holden and Kelly Miro from Arizona Highways here at Rosie on the House. The Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. Well, if you're retired, you, all you're going to do is bang on the drum all day, That's right? right. That's exactly right. Good morning, and welcome back to Rosie on the House, where we have special guests in the studio this morning, retired publisher of Arizona Highways, Mr. Wynn Holden, now into his second month of retirement That's after right. 18 years of running the Arizona Highway. Wynn, what were you doing before that? How do you get plucked for that job? Uh First of all, dumb luck has a lot to do with it. Uh, but I was the uh, publisher and editor-in-chief of Phoenix Magazine for 10 years prior to that. Okay. And that was owned by the Lewis family yeah. on Channel 3 and all yeah. that. And when the Lewises were offered a tidy sum uh, by Belo in Texas for Channel 3, they began to sell off the various pieces of the company, including the magazine. So uh, I knew when the new owner came in, he and I had a conversation, and it was very clear that he wanted to do what I did. So uh, <laughs> I started my own little consulting thing for about three months and just got a phone call from the gal who was the then publisher of the magazine, Nina LaFrance, and said, uh, I'm leaving. I'm going to San Francisco for a different job, and if you're interested, they want to talk to you about it. And I went, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, I'm interested. <laughs> That's great. And, hey, Kelly, where were you when when, uh, when picked you? Uh, actually, I was with another publishing house uh, that was based out in New York called Thompson Learning, mm -hmm. um, working for those folks. And then actually was doing a lot of traveling for them because I had the whole western seaboard and then quarterly meetings back in New York. So that was a lot of traveling, and then I saw the opportunity for Arizona Highways, and I was like, oh, that would be a dream job. Yeah, because you're an Arizona boy, right? Yes, I am. Just wasn't born here, but raised. Yeah, right I here to, in the valley? Yeah, I have to be clear, because my wife's a true native, and she gets really mad. Like, you know, you're not born she's here. She's not going to give it to you. <laughs> huh? No way. All right, so y'all are owned by the state. Correct. Uh, under the Department of Transportation. Correct. Uh, we have this event called the Great Recession, and the legislature is desperately looking for nickels under every rock it can turn. It raids the Register of Contractors Recovery Fund. It starts putting government property up for sale to get in a leaseback situation to generate cash, and every single bank account that has a government ID number on it, they start raiding. So, you're sitting at your office one day. How do you find out that your bank account has just been swept? Well, <laughs> How do you get that news? The, the guy named Kevin Beastie, who runs ADOT's Legislative Affairs Group, he's a terrific guy, very bright guy, and spends <laughs> the job I would never want. <laughs> yes. He spends all his time at the legislature. Oh, and man. Kevin called me and said, guess what? Your fund just got reduced. And to be honest— we didn't mind, frankly. I mean, look, 
when you hit a situation like that, everybody's oh, got to tighten yeah. their belt and help. And we were happy to help. Where, where we got a little concerned was in, in the preceding years, the total that they have swept is about $11 million. Now, you try to from run From the magazine. Correct. Just from the magazine. You try to run a business when your funds are being swept to the tune of that level. Now, happily, we, we took our hit in 11, happy to do it, help support the state's recovery, and obviously it's worked. They haven't swept us for five years. Now, I'm, I'm hoping there's no legislators <laughs> listening to this morning. Yeah. <laughs> five years? Man, that must be a big, pay, big piggy bank by now. Actually, I got actually, a Monday's to-do list. <laughs> I so we And one of the reasons they haven't is we spent a lot of time. Uh, I spent a lot of time down at the legislature. I had to register as a lobbyist to go down there. And help them understand why sweeping the magazines fund w- was n- not a good thing for the state because it reduced our efficacy in providing this message to the world. And we did a study to help support that that was all above board. ASU's College of Business did it that tried to quantify the economic impact of the magazine. And what they found was, and it's a very conservative number, and we wanted a conservative. We didn't want some crazy number that we couldn't support just to claim it. $66 million a year can be directly attributed in tourism spending to the magazine. People who saw a story, saw a hike, saw something, and came to Arizona or Arizona residents and decided to go visit. We talked about Bisbee. Oh. Never been to Bisbee. Rosie, over 50% of the people that live in the state of Arizona have never been to the Grand Canyon. It's a sin. That's ridiculous. It's an absolute sin. So getting people out and enjoying the experience of Arizona however they want to do it, is really what the magazine's all about. I would have guessed a higher number. I really would have. I think that's a hugely conservative number that y'all contribute $66 million to the state economy. Because I know, I know how many sub- gift subscriptions I give. I give <laughs> to all my family back in Louisiana, and, you know, uh, and I know how many trips. That they'll call me and they'll say, wow, did you see the last issue in this? Could you take me to that spot? I mean... I, it, you're well above $66 million. We're here with Wynn Holden and Kelly Marrow from Arizona Highways. We're going to be back talking a little bit more about the highlights of Wynn's career over the last 18 years. <laughs> That'll be a short conversation. <laughs> the tank is full, and we're moving through the Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford and Rosie on the house. I recognize the voice, but what's the story behind that line? That's Caddy Shack when oh. Ronnie Dangerfield shows up and he's got some Asian guy that's following him through the whole movie and he's got a tourist hat on and a camera and he's just snapping shots of everything and they get out of the country club and he's taking pictures like it's a parking lot. Come on. <laughs> pictures, pictures, pictures. We're here talking with two I don't folks. I if you that... can get away with that in today's movie. <laughs> in probably the correct world. <laughs> We're here in studio with two guests that probably see more photographs of our great state of Arizona than any other two people in the entire world. It's Wynn Holden, retired publisher of Arizona Highways, and Kelly Merrill, 
Kelly, how many pictures do y'all look through? I mean, you, you're operating three months in advance, right? Oh, definitely three months in advance. Uh, unfortunately, I don't get to see a lot of the pictures. Oh, really? You know, I'm more on the business side, so it's it's more taken about the sales are lined up and the retailers are ready and you know all the other fun stuff. Uh, I just get to see that design review, what they actually um, narrowed it down to the focus. So the, it's really the design team, the editorial team that goes through and really picks all the imagery and, and sets sets the tone from there. 18 years as head of Arizona Highways, Mr. Holden. What what were some of the highlights in those years? And what what about the job is, is just stands out as the favorite part of your career? Oh, I think easily the fact that we were able to, with a lot of help from people like Kelly and Robert and, and others, Michael Bianchi, our production director, Matt Bailey, our finance director, write the ship. Because when I first got there, we were in serious, serious trouble. And it took a tremendous team effort to fix that. So one of the things I'm proudest of is the fact that we nobody knew. It was not broadcast heavily. <laughs> but we got the ship back on an even keel and have now improved the business to the point that it's very, very healthy. And thanks largely to Kelly and his team. So And obviously the creative team. Because if, if people aren't buying the product, it, you don't go very far. Um the other thing is the new revenue streams that I alluded to earlier. I mean, creating things like the digital subscription that we have, which is a page-for-page replicate of the uh, of the magazine, the printed copy. Um, now, as a subscriber mm-hmm. to the magazine, do I have access to that digital? If you wish, you okay. can buy a combo subscription that okay. gives you access to both. Now, obviously, anybody has access to the ArizonaHighways.com website. Right. So you can... Definitely take advantage of that. Okay, I'm 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 still the magazine in my hands kind of guy. You and I are old school. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I am too. I really like that a lot more than the digital. Yeah, I love it. And the the other products that you've got out there, uh, I mean, the gift shops at the airports are fan, they're, they're fantastic. And that was one of the innovations, Rosie, because. With state personnel rules, it's very difficult for us to try to have a 24-hour, even an 18-hour-a-day operation. It's just an absolute nightmare. So what we discovered is there are people that really know how to run gift shops. That ain't us, uh, particularly when it's at an airport location. So we did a licensing agreement with a company that runs gift shops all over the country. So we have two at Sky Harbor right now. We have another one at Mesa Gateway Airport. Those folks pay us a fee to use the name Arizona Highways, and they are required by contract to carry our product. So it's a great way to let them do what they do well and for let us to take advantage of having our name in a much better tourism space. Well, I I have a habit of giving the magazine as gifts at Christmas to most of my family that lives out of state. Mm-hmm. And there was one cousin in particular in Tulsa. And I never heard from her. I never got a thank you card for the subscription. Just never. So I, so I cut her off the list. I said, okay, well, fine. She must not like it. You know, fine. I got a call from her. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to my subscription? I oh, said, wow. well, I didn't think you were reading it. I never even got it. I've been sending it to you for like eight years. <laughs> That's great. She says, I want my subscription. I said, okay, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll fix that right away. But I've always said it's probably one of the best Christmas gifts you can send to your family that are snowbound in the Midwest all winter long. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. and Kelly's team has made it really easy to do. I mean, the, the first gift subscription is a $24, just like a regular subscription to the magazine. But every gift after that 
is $18. So, I mean, when you think about who are you going to give a Christmas gift to for under 20 bucks that's going to come to them every month yeah. for a year? You'll, you'll pop in their mind once a month at least. Well, other That's than, when it shows up. That's but, right. Yeah. But other than your cousin, most yeah. people are really <laughs> happy and, and, and grateful to the donor. When was the last time the subscription rate went up? I think I've been paying $24 for a, as long as I can remember. Well, we've only raised it once since I've been there. Yeah. So I, I'm guessing probably 10 years ago yeah. we took it from 20 to 24. Yeah. Um, and, and, again, we don't have a profit motive. We're not trying to be Time Life and all those guys. <laughs> um, we simply want to have enough to cover our debt, basically, and offer new products. So jacking up the subscription price is not something we look to do. Well, it, it's been the same for, like I say, as long as I can remember. And, and for what you get, it's an incredible buy. I, I, I really treasure when that, when that envelope comes in the mailbox. Uh, that's always a special moment every month. Oh, my hair's on the highway. Thanks, Rosie. You get to sit down and, and digest it. Other highlights of your career or low points? Oh, sure. I think everybody has highs and lows. Um, one of the things that we did that none of us really knew what was going to happen, uh, we were looking for when the Great Recession oh, hit. We man. were looking for new revenue streams. And we had a brainstorming session with our management team. And what, what are you laughing at? <laughs> and you can't go take the legislators' money that took your money. <laughs> no, that's So you right. got to get really creative. Yeah, no, no. We can't put our hand in their pocket. So we thought, you know, there are a lot of – Custom license plates, vanity plates in the state. Yeah. What if we did an Arizona Highways plate? I mean, when you look at the design of a license plate generally, it's a horizontal format, perfect for like a spread in the magazine. What if we did a plate that was an Arizona Highways plate? And it took us literally six years working with the legislature every year to get that thing passed. And the fights we had, I won't bore you with now, but – the end of the day, and none of us knew what the thing was going to be worth. I mean, the way the arithmetic works on those special plates, you pay $25 more than the base rate. Okay. And $17 of that goes to the sponsoring organization. Oh, okay. All and, right. And $8 goes into the general highway fund, which means everybody in Arizona benefits when somebody buys one of those plates. Sure. So we didn't know. And they were asking me at the House Commerce Committee, well, how much money do you expect? I, I don't. We, we really don't know. If we got... $50,000 a year that we could invest in marketing and new products. We'd be delirious. Well, over the past seven years, when the license plate's been live, we have, we've brought in almost $4 million. It, it's an extraordinary success, owing to the fact wow. of the beauty of that image, which is a Jack Dykinga image. Jack's from Southern Arizona, Pulitzer Prize winner, incredibly gifted photographer. But and I don't know if we have time. I have a really fast story on this. Robert was brilliant, Robert Steve. Whenever we with the plates came out, and there were not many at first, if he saw one, he would stick his business card in the wiper okay. under right. the windshield and say, thank you for your support of Arizona Highways. And I thought that was wonderful. What a great idea. Well, he was at Fashion Square, Christmas shopping, and a woman in a black two-seater Mercedes convertible comes flying around in that parking lot by Nordstrom. <laughs> and he said, oh, as he, she went by, she's got an Arizona Highways license plate. So he said, what a great opportunity. I can actually thank her in person. Now, you're in a dark parking lot, so he's very <laughs> sensitive to that. So he waited under a light, and she got out of her car and came over. And he said, ma'am, I just want to thank you for your support of Arizona Highways. She said, what are you talking about? I said, your license plate. Said, yeah, what are you talking about? She had no clue. <laughs> 
that it said Arizona Highways Magazine. She wanted it because it was a beautiful addition to her car. Uh-huh. We don't care. Her $18 right. spends just as well as somebody who's a devoted fan of the magazine. Well, as publisher of Arizona Highways, does that, that just about gets you into any door in town? Well, it sure helps. Uh, it's it, it's what to. happens when you get in the door that really, <laughs> that really makes the difference. I mean, you, you would be able to place a call to anybody, and they would take your call. Who wouldn't want to talk to the publisher of Arizona Highways Magazine? You, you might be surprised, <laughs> but, um, but we have been very blessed. And it's, yeah. it's not me. It's not Kelly. It's not Robert. It's Arizona Highways that, that provides that access, and we are very aware of that. And Kelly, it seems to me as a reader to the magazine, we're going through we're going through an evolution of, of photographers in the last several years. The 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 same ones that we saw for decades uh, are hanging up their cameras. Yes, some are definitely hanging up their cameras, unfortunately. Uh, but we are bringing in a whole new breed, um, people like Shane McDermott and stuff that have been taking new photography with us. Uh, Again, Jeff Kidd, our director of uh, photography, uh, does a phenomenal job, gets to work with all these photographers. But he truly has such a great eye and has an ability to help the people that are coming through, helping them evolve and to really get a better understanding of what it means to photograph for Arizona Highways. But we are really bringing in some new blood. But we still have a lot of the great traditional people, like Jack Dykinga, oh, you know, man. some of those. So, I mean, we're, we're very blessed, and it's very fortunate. Well, what's really changed photography is digital. Oh. When digital first started happening, the old school guys just were furious because it's cheating. It's doing. It. Well, guess what? Some of them still shoot large format, four by five and eight by ten box. Most of them have migrated to digital because the quality of digital has increased oh. and the sophistication of digital has increased. So, we were talking earlier before we came on the air about the photography contest. Every one of those images that's submitted is digital, and people are getting pretty darn good. I mean, even with your phone, you can take a decent picture, but, boy, you get one of these lower-cost, under 200 buck digital cameras. <laughs> you can compete with people like Jack DeKinga. And tell me, do you all know off the top of your head, what is the next Arizona Highway sponsored photo? Because you all have trips you can take with your photographers and spend time with them in the canyon. Setting up, waiting for that light, learning what to look for. What's the next one? Well, there, that's, that is a separate 501c3 organization called Arizona Highways Photo Workshops. They, they are very collaborative with us. In fact, they office with us. Their calendar literally year-round is full of these kinds of opportunities that are as simple as a morning at the Desert Botanical Garden mm-hmm. to f- seven days uh, up in the North Country, going down to the bottom of the canyon, their website is linked to ours. So the easiest way to find out about those trips is ArizonaHighways.com. Yep. Fantastic. All right. So, Kelly, now you've been given the keys to the shop. Oof. That's got to be just unbelievably exciting. Absolutely it is. Yeah, I, mean, you, I mean, you just got to wake up every morning and say, I'm publisher of the Arizona Highways. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, I try to contain control because my wife will, again, bring me back to reality. No, I'm very blessed, and I'm more blessed because I had such a great leader, uh, mentor, and dear friend uh, in Wynn Holden who uh, really kind of allowed me to shine and get to where I am now because if it wasn't for him, I probably would not be sitting here. (sighs) 
Man, well, I'd love to apply for a job, but I think I've told you all this story. <laughs> I, in college, I had to take English 101 six semesters. <laughs> I, 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 I think I'm the only ASU student that has a minor in English 101. <laughs> the TA always promised me, Rosie, if you ever graduate this class, I promise I will get you a minor degree in English 101. <laughs> we'll be back with Win Holden right after this. One of our favorite things about the 7 o'clock hour is the Sanderson Ford Staycation. And one of our newest partners is the World Mark by Wyndham, the Bison Ranch. I'm going to introduce you today to Wendy Johnson. Hey, Wendy. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Hey, what is your job at Wyndham? I am actually the regional director of rental sales for Wyndham Extra Holidays, which is part of the Bison Ranch. Why don't you tell everybody what is so wonderful about the stay at the Bison Ranch? Bison Ranch is it's a recreated Old West 1880s town, and it actually sits between Payson and Cholo, while it's just two and a half hours from Phoenix. So it's a great place to cool off in the summer, or cozy up on chilly nights during the winter time and experience the fall colors as well. And on the property itself, there's a little boardwalk that goes around the little town, and there's little shops, right? Yes, there is. There's lots of activities to do around Bison Ranch. We have horseshoe pits, pool table, ping pong arcade on site for the kids, horseback riding is next door, hiking, there's a catch and release fishing pond, and it's also a good home base for any day trips to the Petrified Forest, the Painted Desert National Park, and of course, standing on the corner in Winslow, Arizona. Got to do that. And you know, Wendy, what I think is so great too is if you don't have a cabin up in that area, the the rooms and the are so big and roomy and full of little kitchen and everything, you can just make yourself at home and pretend like you have a cabin without all the work. Absolutely. We feel it's a great getaway for families and folks who want to get away from the city because of those spacious two-bedroom units that have a cozy gas fireplace, full kitchen, living room, dining room, and even a washer and dryer so they don't have to worry about bringing enough clothes. They can go ahead and wash them right there. It'd be great to go ahead and reserve a room for the fall and get to see the colors too, right? Yes, yes. You certainly can. Hopefully the listeners will want to experience uh, World Mark by Wyndham Bison Ranch because we have excellent customer service and just feeling the comforts of home without being at home. So right. making reservations is, is very easy using the link on your Rosie on the House website. Thank you for joining us this morning. We appreciate it. Thank meet, you so much. Meet you up there. Okay. Coming home in your 23 That's years. great. Welcome back to Rosie on the House. We're finishing up our conversation with Wynn Holden and Kelly Marrow of Arizona Highways. But before you finish your conversation, yes. can, I, can I throw out one thing here? Uh, we went to Voices of Vale last week at the Fox Theater in yes. Tucson. The documentary just came out, and it's wonderful. And I think every kid, every adult in Arizona should watch this documentary. I have five copies to give away. So anybody who texts to 411-923 and just puts in Voices of Vale, uh, we'll do a little drawing, and I'll give away those five. Are but you, otherwise, they have to be an educator or a teacher? Well, I would love for them to, to not just get it for themselves, but to share it. Okay. And if you want to, if you don't make the drawing, if you don't hear from us by the end of the day, then you can go to VailPreservationSociety.org, and right on the cover there, you can order your own for twenty bucks. You know that trip gave me another topic idea for seven a.m. I want to get the person that remodeled the Fox Theater for City of Tucson. Oh, that's quite the story, that's according to your the, sister. Yeah. Quite the story. You got some tickets you want to give away real quick? Mariners, Diamondbacks. Oh, are we doing that? Yeah. I, that's okay. 
Uh, you know, what? I, I think we put in the newsletter nine twenty. Oh, did we? Okay, we're supposed to do that. <laughs> okay, all righty. Well, then hold on. Come back Just at nine twenty like for tickets. At our office. <laughs> it, it's a live broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mr. Wynn, Three things on your retirement bucket list, real quick. Well, the first thing is not to kick the bucket. Okay, that, that would right. be number yeah. one. Number two is to spend as much time as possible uh, up at our place in Munns Park, oh, which we've been man. pretty successful at doing in these first couple of months. And, and then the third thing. It's just to play around with some things I've messed around with my whole life, like writing, uh, acting, doing some community theater kind of stuff just for grins, and not driving my wife nuts in the process would be the critical issue. Now, is there any traveling on the agenda at all? Oh, sure. I mean, first, we we talked a lot about making sure that we go back and visit a lot of the places in Arizona that we've only been able to stay, like, overnight and do a quick visit. Yeah. One, two. Next October, not this year, but uh, 19, we're going on a color cruise up in the northeast mm. from out of pittsburgh up all the way into canada yeah uh, to see fall color we've been very fortunate rosie we've traveled extensively through jobs mostly um so europe is kind of crossed off the bucket list but okay. there's a lot of places in the u.s that oh. we've not been that we really would like to do fantastic when thanks a million for coming in and, my pleasure and all the richest of blessings in your retirement my friend thank you sir all right kelly some initiatives for the magazine? Uh, the biggest one is really uh, sustainability and increasing our subscriber file. You know, we have four or five million people that live in Maricopa. Uh, I'd love to get 1% of those, you know, into the magazine. You know, the number that Wynn quoted earlier, about 50% of people not getting up to the Grand Canyon. Well, you can get through the magazine if you don't want to spend the time to drive up there, which is unfortunate but hey we got a magazine that can help you get to know your state a little bit better well we sure appreciate all y'all's participation with our staycation thanks a million thank you Rosie. appreciate it very much we look forward to a long long relationship in that i have to read this quick text 1956 i was uh, under six years old at my uncle's house in iowa way below zero arizona highways on the coffee table open it up and there's a photo of a horny toad what is this a whole new world has opened up to me. I sent away to Arizona Office of Tourism. Couldn't read much at that age, but more pictures of something off-worldly. 45 years later, moved to Cubbyville Mesa. It was like coming home. Been here 23 years. Nice. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. We do a lot of public speaking, obviously, community stuff. And cut me off if I'm threatening your end of the show, Rosie. Real quick. We have never heard anything but glowing praise and great stories like that oh. about this publication. It's a it's a fabulous, fabulous magazine. Thanks a million for coming in. John J. Harper coming in at 8 o'clock. We'll be talking about everything having to do with your outside, your hardscape, your softscape, your trees, your grass, your lawn, your hedges, your flowers, your vegetables. John J. Next. <laughs> 